Hey, 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 welcome to the Pastor Duke Podcast, coming to you from sunny Sarasota, Florida. I'm a snowbird, and I confess to you, we like it. Good food, in love with a beautiful blonde chick down here. It's like a three-month honeymoon, man. If you hear me complaining, I am lying. Hey, today I want to bring you some stories uh, about how big and awesome God is, has been to us, shown himself mighty, and will be to you. I hope it will be encouragement to you. I like to call these thoughts, (laughs) here we go, from my father, my earthly father, growing old ain't for sissies. He's talking primarily on the physical side of things. Growing old ain't for sissies. David wrote in the Psalms, I've been young and now I'm old, but I've not seen the righteous forsaken or his seed begging bread. As we go through some of these trying times with COVID mandates, war with Russia, Ukraine, uh, all kinds of things coming World Economic Summit, uh, inflation. Uh, I get a little nervous for my grandkids. I'm reminded Jesus loves them more than I do. And there's a promise from the word of God. I've been young, I've been old, but I've not seen the righteous forsaken, nor his seed, my kids and grandkids, begging bread. God's going to take care of us. So let's tune all that out for a while and just rejoice in who Jesus is and what he does for us. You know, I've lived that verse. I'm soon to have my 50th birthday in the Lord coming up June 18th. Uh, 1972 was my spiritual birthday. 50 years are about to come to pass on that. In my youth, I heard God's promises. Now, as a six-year-old man, I've seen God's promises kept. He promised me as a young man, seek ye first the kingdom of God and his righteousness, and all these things shall be added unto you. And those promises were not teasers. They were not hollow promises. He made them and he meant them. And I obeyed that by faith. I trusted him. I sought his kingdom. Gate surrendered my life to prepare my life in Bible college to be a church planter, to go somewhere where there weren't very many churches and try to get some started. And that's what we launched out to do. And that has been our story. God did it. Uh, he made it become a reality. I sought first his kingdom and all those things were added. And I'm thankful for that today. And today, I'm a rich man. I'm rich in all the things that money cannot buy. Those are the most important things. Uh, 45 years married to a wonderful lady, still in love, a godly woman. Uh, We've dreamed together. We've sacrificed together, and we're realizing the reward of those sacrifices. We have three kids, all who love God. They love us. They love one another. They serve the Lord fervently. I have eight grandkids here and one in heaven, all of them being raised in the nurture and admonition of the Lord. Our oldest granddaughter's gone off to Bible college this fall. Our oldest grandson's going off to a Christian music Bible college the following year. They feel God's calling them into full-time Christian work. Pretty proud of that. Our financial needs have been met uh, with excess, and we're thankful for that. Our church plant in upstate New York, Temple Baptist, now called the Church at Newtown Road, it grew, and by the grace of God, seven other churches here in the capital region of Albany, New York, uh, Barna Survey says is the darkest city in America. 
Eight churches have been born out of our seven other men who uh, came alongside of me and knew we believed in church planting and just I were able to mentor them, give them some people, give them some money. And today those guys have done a great job along the way. All I did is empower them, throw gasoline on their sparks, and they went out and did it. I, as they looked at me, I thought, man, if, if God can do this through Duke, I, I bet he could do it through me. And he could, and he did. That's, it's, you know, talk is cheap. These guys went out and did it. And uh, this past Sunday, about 3,000 people gathered in the name of Jesus in those eight churches. So it's been a wonderful run for us. I'm a thankful old man. We have seen his hand of provision. I'm going to tell you a lot more about that in this podcast. We've been able to travel the world together. My bride and I preach around the world, different places. Uh, his word has been a guide to our path. And I don't look back uh, as an old man like woulda, coulda, shoulda, and only if. Uh, no, we. he was with us then. He instructed us in his word. We obeyed it, and it worked. It's, it's an, an amazing blessing to be where I'm at today. And I, I don't think he's finished with this. We'll talk more about that in just a minute. Surely, I did not do it all right. Uh, no doubt could have done a lot of things better. But Joanne and I look back with no major regrets and a fabulous treasure box of memories with many of you people who listen to the podcast. Many of you came to faith in our ministry and we watched you grow, got to baptize you and disciple you and let you discover your spiritual gift and see you roll up your sleeves and go to work serving God. Now you're scattered all over the country, yay, all over the world. So proud of the 67 of you who had God so work in your heart that you just surrendered it all and you went out into full-time Christian ministry. Nothing makes me more excited than to see what God's doing in your lives today, all these years later. Well, one of my new Dukeisms, <laughs> young men dream, which I did, old men reflect, which I do and will be doing today. Young men dream, old men reflect, but may my reflections throw gasoline upon the young man's dreams. The Bible says, Ecclesiastes chapter 7, verse 8, the end of a thing is better than the beginning. I'm kind of in the end uh, time, the final part of my journey. We're loving it, and we want to make this part of our journey very fruitful. The best way I know to do that is tell you how awesome God has been to us, and I know that he can be even awesomer to you. I realize that's not an English word, but uh, you know what I'm talking about. Thank you for the grace you give me. Growing older in the Lord doesn't take away all of the aches and pains physically, as my daddy said, Growing old ain't for sissies, but it does provide wisdom, discretion, and experience. In our youth, we see only events. In our maturity, you begin to see the patterns, and it makes making decisions through life's trials a whole lot easier. Life doesn't allow for trial runs. We have God's instruction manual, the Bible, but even with it, as I look back, I was kind of insecure raising my kids, you know, train up a child in the way he should go when he's old and not depart from the Lord. And so we did it the best we could, and we were sincere, and we worshiped our way through, and it turns out those principles did work. Same for the church. I, it took me a number of years to get comfortable in my own pastoral skin, and how am I going to do it, and what's our music going to look like, and all of that kind of stuff. Am I going to be a Bible expositor? Am I going to do topical messages? How much should prophecy be a part of my preaching when 
I see it's a major part of the scripture. So I had to work through all of that stuff. And I did it with some insecurity, but along the way, we got those smooches, which I'm going to tell you about some of them here today, which just assured us uh, of God's presence. Now, I know he said, I'm with you always. I'll never leave you, forsake you. But man, in addition to that, I just love it when he smooches me. He just does something that is so supernatural. You just know it's him. And I kind of need that. And I think you do too. I think that's why you even listen to podcasts. We're just trying to get our heart full of the knowledge of God and the word of God and uh, hopefully experience God in our everyday lives. But my insecurities along the way never stopped God from being awesome. Never stopped him from empowering his word and his ways into the hearts of our kids and into the hearts of our church people. We have more confidence now as our kids raise uh, our grandkids by the same principles. I have great confidence as my successor, Pastor Matt, leads the flock knowing that he's doing it the right way. He's filling people's hearts with the word of God. He's challenging them to trust God and exercise their faith, discover their gifts, roll up their sleeves, just like I did. And he's having the same experiences. One of my favorite verses, Hebrews 11.1 1 says, faith is the substance of things hoped for and the evidence of things not seen. Today, we have the substance of those promises we embraced way back when. We pursued God. We chased him with all of our hearts, believing that he was faithful. And now, turns out, <laughs> he was. He is faithful. I love the little phrase, faith is saying it is so when it ain't so in order to make it so. Now, I know there's some limitations on that. I'm not talking about name it, claim it, frame it, that we say a special line of words that God is obligated. No, no, no. I'm not talking about that kind of foolishness at all. But just trusting God that he'll take care of our needs as we have our hand to the plow and we're focused to do his kingdom work. He will show up. He will show himself mighty. That's a huge point. Whatsoever we ask, we uh, receive of him because we keep his commandments and do those things that are pleasing in his sight. So when we have our hand to the plow, when we are not forsaking the assembly of ourselves together, when we are discovering our spiritual gift, when we are engaged in the work of God, when we are under the authority of our leadership in our local New Testament church, and we're serving in the nursery, we're serving in Sunday school, we're serving children, we're serving teens, we're serving whoever, whoever it is, whatever it is, we're engaged in the work of God. That's where the power comes from. He doesn't give us his power and his blessing so we can be some kind of a big shot. He gives his power, he gives his blessing so we can be servants to others. The world likes to take these promises of God and kind of use them for a selfish thing. That's not the way it works at all. So, I look back uh, today just for some thoughts about our launch when we we're just moving to New York, 24-year-old kids. My wife is um, pregnant, uh, six months pregnant. We are financially unfunded church planters. And I think God would say, wait a minute, wait a minute. You, you saying you were unfunded? You no, know, God had planned to fund everything. 
and he did. But I didn't have any promises from men that, oh, if you go to New York, we'll send you some money. I knew my home church would send us some money. I knew my church in Missouri would send us some money. And, and, and they did. But the total amount of money that came in was $225 a month. And that was just for six months. And then it dropped down to $170 a month. And that went for another six months. Then it dropped down to $100 a month. Uh, for the next year. It was a total of $4,300 that uh, other churches invested in us to help launch our church. It's really kind of neat because our church gives about that much money to world missions every week today. So uh, churches gave unto us, and then we were blessed of the Lord, and we've returned that favor you know, a thousand times over by God's faithfulness, just how he works. And so as we were launching out, trusting God for everything, uh, we had some scary times and we had to literally pray in food. And uh, one time we had breakfast and that was just about all the food we had in our house. And packed a little lunch, went up to Clifton Park, knocked doors and said, Lord, when we come home, uh, may there be some food uh, waiting for us, some money in the mailbox to go to the store and buy food for dinner. And when we got home, there was five bags of groceries sitting on our porch and it was all stuff that we kind of liked. It wasn't just random uh, baked beans and cans of beans and green beans and things like that. And, and it, it took us almost two years to figure out really where that came from. But we've been there. We've literally prayed in the next meals. It's kind of scary when you're having that last meal and saying, okay, God, you said, and we use the prayer promises, you said you take care of us. Now we're going to go up to Clifton Park and invite people to church and introduce them to Jesus best way we can. And when we come home, please give us something to eat tonight. And he did, he did, he did. And so uh, it was scary. And I'm thinking when we got home and saw that food there waiting for us, the Lord said, why, why were you scared? And I guess, you know, the fear was just a, a part of our unbelief. But our unbelief was kind of small comparatively to our obedience. We were there. We were trusting God. And even though we had some fears, we still were where God brought us. And we did trust him. And when he came through and met our needs and, and had that food waiting for us, that was a big deal. I mean, it was like God knew our needs even before we asked. <laughs> Just like he said, you know, his promises are not teasers. They are for real. You can go to the bank on them. And I think back of, uh, our, you know, our, our church launch, our, our church walk by faith. And then, you know, here we are as seniors. Uh, and we still owe a debt uh, to set an example. Uh, we still owe a debt to be that nail driven in a sure place, to be that tree planted by the rivers of water that bringeth forth its fruit in its season. The Bible says the righteous shall flourish like a palm tree. As I'm looking out the window next to my microphone, I'm seeing palm trees and I'm looking up. And some of them are full of coconuts. And it's interesting, coconuts are blossoming with uh, new coconuts just getting started and then little baby coconuts and middle size. And some are ripening all at the same time on the same tree. And we know from the palm tree that the older they get, the sweeter is their fruit. How cool is that? That's one of the fun things about growing older. You can still bear fruit. And some of my other podcasts, I've told a lot of our provision stories, how awesome God was to meet our needs 
to provide a table for us in the wilderness. And so I, I'm going to tell you uh, one now that I've never shared before on podcast. We uh, do our survey trip to New York. We feel God's called us to the Clifton Park Half Moon area. We're securing an apartment. We go to the apartment complex. We're being interviewed and had to fill out all the paperwork. It said, employer, <laughs> what do you say? Uh, so I told the truth. I wrote, God. <laughs> And uh, the guy that was uh, received the paperwork, uh, we sat down, he interviewed us a little bit and he goes, he saw what I wrote and he goes, well, uh, I have a few questions here about your employer. I said, great. That's why I'm here. You know? And uh, he said, uh, well, where does your employer do his banking? I said, he does them in all the banks. He owns them. He, he owns every bank in the country. And uh, he, he kind of looked at me, he goes, you're kind of a wise guy, aren't you? I said, yes, sir. He that win his souls is wise. That's why God brought us here. I'm a church planter. And he, he looked at me and he goes, look, dude, he goes, you're unemployed. And he held up his little black book. And he said, according to my manual, according to my book, you're unemployed and I can't give you an apartment here. And then he did the little New York, uh, uh, mafia thing. He kind of drops his voice down a little bit and looks both ways, make sure nobody, Louis or uh, Tony or any of those guys are listening. And he says, uh, according to uh, my book, I can't give you uh, an apartment. He goes, but uh, quite frankly, I fear your boss. <laughs> he looked me in the eye and he kind of challenged me and he said, can you promise me that you'll pay your rent every month on time. I said, yes, sir. By the promise of God, I can promise you that my heavenly father knoweth my needs before I ask. And he who seeth in secret will reward me openly. God will supply all of my needs according to his riches and glory by Christ Jesus. And that was good enough for him. He gave us the apartment. That's a story I'll never forget. Well, that was going to be tested. Fast forwarding a couple months, uh, our baby was born and my father-in-law was dying in Detroit, Michigan. He was only 48 years old. We got word on a Saturday night, Joel, come to Detroit if you ever want to see dad alive again. We took our rent money, bought a ticket for $90, and put my wife and little baby on an airplane, and they went to Detroit. It was a little bit late. She didn't get to see him alive. They had to unplug the machine, and she never saw her daddy. We believe he's in heaven, and hopefully you all get to meet him again one day on the other side. So we were promised that $90 we spent of our rent money would be returned to us for whatever reason it wasn't. So we come back home dangling overhead. Our rent is due at noon. It's uh, 11 o'clock. We're $90 short for our rent. The mailman comes. <laughs> Thank you, Jesus, for mailmen. Church planners love mailmen. The mailman came and there was a, a letter from my home Sunday school class. We opened it up and there was a check inside. It said, Dear Duke and Joelle, we knew that your baby was born and with club feet and there was some uh, needs there, medical issues. And we heard that Joelle's father died. We just feel so bad. You guys are going through a hard time. God put on our heart to just send you a little bit of money to help and whatever your expenses were. Would anybody like to guess how much they sent us? How did you know? $90. You see, God does math. He knew our need to the dollar, to the penny, and he met the need perfectly. So we ran out, cashed that check, came back, paid cash for our rent for the month on time. And I got to tell the guy who gave us the apartment, 
that story that I just told you, and he marveled. He used, he used to say, I can't wait to hear your story each month of how God met your needs. So there were a couple other close calls, but we were never late. Uh, <laughs> didn't cash some checks the, at, at the last hour, but uh, God was faithful. Man, those things, I don't want those to die. I just want to relive that and relive that. I hope that's a blessing to you. And so we had other experiences like that, the exact amount of money. I told the uh, story earlier on a, another podcast how I got my first paycheck from driving school bus, $201. I took my $20 tithe out, had $181 in my pocket, went up to the hospital to get Joellen and, and baby Leah out of the hospital. And they said, your insurance will cover this, 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 and this, but it won't cover this and this. And so you can expect the bill to be about $200. Well, I have $181 in my pocket and they, they ran up the bill. You know, did you do this? Did you get that? Yes, no, yes. Ching, 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 ching. Anybody like to guess what the bill was? How did you know? $181, baby. God knew. He does math. And again, the exact amount of money we had was the exact amount that the bill was. Somebody say, that's a coinkydink? I don't think so. I think that's God's hand moving. He is up to his neck, involved in love with us as we commit ourselves to serve him. And so we got home from the hospital paying that bill, and it was exciting. Well, the problem was uh, Joan had been in the hospital all week with the baby and the club feet, and so she'd been eating well. But back home, we were out of food. I'd been eating apples and oatmeal. We're out, we were out of food. We had maybe a bottle of ketchup and maybe some hot water, make tomato soup. But, I mean, we were out of food, and I just spent my whole paycheck <laughs> to get mama and baby out of the hospital and um, 11 o'clock, the mailman came, and there was a letter from Joan's home church for $500. Thank you, Jesus. And we went up and filled our car with gas, got food, and it was game on. Now, really neat part of that story is we fast forward 35 years later. I'm in Montreal preaching a conference for a church plant out of Joan's Home Church, Temple Baptist in Detroit. We were a church plant, and there was another uh, contemporary young preacher, good friend of ours, uh, Dan and Gail Somerville, who were missionaries to Montreal. And so we'd been lifetime friends with Dan and Gail. He had me up to be the guest speaker at their conference. It was their 25th anniversary of their church plant in Montreal on the South Shore. And a whole busload of people came from Temple Baptist uh, in Detroit, that church is relocated. It's, I think it's, it has a different name today, Northline Church or something. And uh, there was a busload of, of almost older, all older people that knew the Somervilles. And a lot of those people knew us as well because we were all out of the same church. So it was, it was quite a day. And I was just rejoicing there and I was preaching uh, and I was using this story of how God had used Temple Baptist years ago, told them in Montreal 35 years later about that check that had come from Temple Baptist, such a critical moment, uh, because these are the people 
who gave that money at Temple Baptist all those years ago, and they didn't really know about it. And so as I'm, I'm telling this story, a lady in the crowd, one of the older ladies uh, from the Temple Baptist Church, she started crying. And I, I, I don't mean just a tear. I mean, she wailed. It was it was uncomfortable. Like our, I said, uh, I mean, everybody was moved. Like, are, are you okay? And she goes, yes, I'm okay. She goes, I'm the one who wrote that check. <laughs> she was a secretary way back when. And she wrote the check and signed off. And Dr. Henderson, the pastor, signed it as well. And she never knew what happened about that. But 35 years later, she heard the rest of that story. How cool is that? I, I just have to go out on a limb and say, our God is an awesome God. And so it was just a trail uh, of blessings, a parade of miracles. God is faithful. And I just think as we were launching the church, we had to get a place to meet. We didn't have any money to rent. My wife said, let's see if there's any banks in our town. She had had a baby shower in a community room in a bank back in Ohio. I said, well, okay, we got to look somewhere. So we went up main crossroads of our town, Key Bank. We went in. The bank is closed. There's, there were attorney's offices upstairs. We kind of went downstairs. It looked like a community room to me. It was beautiful, 55 chairs. So we called the bank the next day, actually went to the bank, introduced ourselves, and they said, yeah, you. it's a community room, and you can meet there for seven weeks. And guess what the price was? Free. In New York, nothing is free, but God gave us a place to meet for seven weeks, which turned into three years after they found out we were kind of legitimate. We weren't some kind of a cult. They said, it's okay for us to stay there for free. That was a great miracle of God to provide our needs. I think I told the story about getting our land, trying to buy land in Clifton Park was ridiculous. Two acres, 150,000, three acres, 300,000. We had $5,500. We never found our land. It found us. Uh, the building inspector of our town, Judd Morris, found out that we were looking for land. He bought a farm. He was subdividing. He called me. I went and looked. It was listed at $13,000. There was no water. There was no uh, power. It was just out on a country road. So I offered the guy $7,500, $5,500 down and $2,500 more uh, whenever we could afford it. He turned down the offer. He had a counter offer. His counter offer was $5,000. He underbid me by $2,500 and it's game on. Now we got, uh, we got land and $500 in the bank. Little as much when God is in it. And I love to tell these stories of provision, and I've told others before, we put it out to bids, and uh, it was 180000 150000 120000 We had a guy that built the building for fifty one five. We had a $42,000 mortgage. How, how cool is that? The contractor didn't make any money on the deal at all. It just felt good about helping a young preacher launch a new church. And so God got that little building up. There was some things uh, right at the start, we had a guy donate a bulldozer to us and a guy in our church kind of knew how to run it. It was an old thing. And, and he kind of dug out the hole uh, for the basement and it was only going to be half underground and half above the ground. So the building would look a little bit taller because the basement was only like four foot deep instead of eight. And so he dug out the hole and <laughs> myself and two teenage boys put in the footings. Can you believe that? I had no clue what I was doing, but 
I asked some guys and how wide they have to be, how deep they had to be, and found out what rebar is to reinforce it. And the rains came the day we were pouring the cement for the footings, and uh, the stakes were getting loose, and the footings were getting wider and wider, and the truck's trying to pull out of the hole, and it's raining cats and dogs. The hole is filling up with water and it was i thought they'd be ruined it just it was underwater now the truck got out and i'm thinking oh man we spent all this money and the footings are there and it turned out that uh, being underwater didn't hurt them a bit it actually cured them a little more slowly and it, it turned out okay and the fall was coming we ran out of money we couldn't build the building and they sat there uncovered the whole winter in upstate New York, and I had people tell me they're going to heave, they're going to be destroyed, you have to dig them out and start over again. And I thought, oh man, what a loser I am. We went back in the spring, and the builder came, and guess what? The footings were fine. It was a miracle. They were pretty wide there on the front end where they just got wider and wider there where the front steps would go ultimately. But God just had his hand on it. We didn't have water. Now, don't tell anybody about this, but Mr. Morris, the, the building inspector, came out with a witch stick, and he doused for water, and it said, put your point in here. We went down with a post hole digger and extension handles, went down about 20 feet, put a point at the end of the pipe, and we got water, and it cost us $90 to get water into the building. It was a miracle. <laughs> I guess the devil knew where the water was, and for once he told truth. And I shouldn't tell you that, but that's what we did. And uh, we got water and the power, we, it was a half mile down the road to the nearest power pole. And the company told us it was going to be $3,500 to get them uh, power to be brought down. We didn't have 50 cents. And then about a month later, as the building was nearing its completion, the power company called me and said, Pastor, I think you're going to like what we got to share with you. All that land between where you are and where the last power pole is has been subdivided and state law requires us to bring power down and make it available for all these lots along the way long story short niagara mohawk put the power in for us for free again and again and again god was smooching us he was meeting our needs he was showing ourselves mighty our little congregation is watching we we don't hardly have any money and yet the building went up and we had these crazy stories of dowsing for water and the power comes down for free and i could go on for another hour on the the original building another hour on the next building and always along the way god's faithfulness and you see there's a reason for that going back where we started from Going back to the start, our hearts were right. We are seeking him with all of our hearts. We're not just wanting his favor to be upon us. So, you know, oh Lord, won't you give me a Mercedes Benz? My friends all drive Porsches. I must make amens. No, 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 no. We're serving God with all of our heart. Our hand is on the plow. Our eyes are on him. We're telling people Jesus loves them. Jesus saves. We're out doing the work of God. And he's uh, turned on by our faith. He's excited about our obedience. He knew we didn't have anything, but he had everything. And step by step, he unfolded his plan for us. And today you go back and see the church plant, 17 acres, three separate buildings, plus my house. If we had to build all that at today's prices, you're probably talking $10 million, maybe $15 million. I don't know, but he did it. And he did it because he's big. He did it because he's good. And because he saw people who we were uh, imperfect, but we had our eyes on him. He made his promises. 
and his promises were real to us. And I trust his promises are real to you. He's still smooching us. He still loves us. And he's not finished with us yet. I just think of the podcast. I put $1,800 out of of my pocket, Joel and I, to get the podcast information. About six months later, in one month's time, four of you, my listeners, felt God touched your hearts and you wrote checks and sent them to me. You found out how to do that and sent me sent me money. Guess how much you sent me? How did you know? The exact amount of money, $1,800 that we put into this system, you guys sent it back to us. I'm so glad it was the exact amount. God did that so often in the early days. He's still doing it today. What an awesome God. Serve him with all your heart. He loves you. So do I. Bye-bye for now. Love you. Have a great day.